hello and welcome back to the free reeling it podcast i'm one of your hosts jesse and with me is your other host i'm other host matthew (laughs) Matthew. (laughs) and uh also with us today is a very special guest it is uh chris uh wheels uh Egerton, I always get your last name. It's, it's, always... it, 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 you had you had, you were so clear. You had it right the first I hesitated. time. I hesitated. Guess. Yeah, it's uh, Edgerton, like Joel Edgerton. Who's um, great? Who's great? Who, Not in this or, movie, but great. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure someday there will be an episode with Joel Edgerton in it, and you can invite me back for whatever movie that is. <laughs> just <laughs> just so we have someone with the same last name. Yeah, or you could just join the cast. And we could just call you the Edge. No, I'm yeah, kidding. I, I mean, I what, what, bad, we can talk about it. No, I'm, I'm, bad I'm music not, joke. I'm I'm, I'm 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 not just gonna invite myself onto a onto a podcast full time. Does that make oh. you Bono then, though, Matthew? I don't think I could. I don't think on the. I don't think I have enough energy drinks or alcohol to become as self righteous as Bono is. True. True. We can always, <laughs> I mean, we can always strive earn, that, though. earned or otherwise. I just don't think I have it in me. <laughs> we can always strive for that, though. Uh, I'd settle for being Larry Mullen Jr. Why not? See, I, my my whole like you two like knowledge stops at Bono and the Edge. Oh, okay. Larry Mullen Jr. I believe is the drummer, and Adam Clayton I believe is another guitarist who plays bass they have a bassist or maybe he's the bassist i feel like they have that i don't know i honestly like i have not been in my hardcore youtube fandom for 30 years now so actually probably 25 years this is i'm old this isn't trivial merit we should no this is not trivial (laughs) this is is free reeling it where we talk about movies and today our guest chris brought us a wonderful wonderful film uh spider-man into the spider-verse um a movie that i should have its imdb page pulled up but i did not do that because i am distracted today um but i am doing that right now a, a movie that came out in 2018. That movie's already three years old. Right? <laughs> it, two, two, and a, two and a half, technically, because it came out late in the year. True. It came out like November, so. And we know the sequel is like on its way, like, which is surprising because this movie did not, I don't know, like, it barely made its money back if it did. Now, did this go to theaters? I don't even know. Yes. yes yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it won an Oscar, yes. Um, I think it was nominated. I don't know if it won that year though, because I think it was up against Pixar. It won one Oscar. Okay. IMDb says it right there. Um, I think for me this movie was marketed pretty weird because I feel like no one I other than me and like friends who were into like the superhero genre, no one knew what this movie was about (laughs) or what was going on with it. Yeah, Um, like. we we had we had some idea but the so the the two the two things that i i remember seeing pre-release were the the one scene in uh the uh graveyard in the snow and then the one scene where uh miles is being chased by the prowler and those are the only like two things i saw pre-release and i didn't i didn't see it until it it came 
to like digital later. And uh, uh, Matthew, did you see this in theaters or did you, uh, did you wait? I, I actually saw this probably close to a year later. Yeah, I know bagel. It took me way too long. Um, but uh, I remember I couldn't sleep one night. I was still working overnights when I saw it. And I watched this and Parasite. What a double and, picture. And another movie, which I don't remember. And then I think after that, I started watching uh, the evolution of hip hop on Netflix. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Very sleep. windy road. I mean, that's kind of how my brain is. It's just like, yeah. hey, let's start here. Oh, we're going here now. Oh, where's this going? You know, yeah. But uh, you know how, like, when we talk about movies like this, and uh, we go through like the IMDb page, and mm-hmm. it, the, when you're reading the cast, and you're, you're seeing who, like, who who are the cast that people would know, the common people would know here, and that yeah. kind of stops like four or five names and usually mm-hmm. i'm on just the, the front page of this and you got uh, uh shamik moore playing miles morales jake johnson yep. playing peter b parker Haley seinfeld yep. playing gwen stacy mm-hmm. uh Ma- marshall lee playing uncle aaron brian tyree henry playing jefferson jefferson davis lily tomlin playing aunt may uh zoe kravitz playing mary jane john millennial plays spider ham uh nicholas cage playing spider-man noir <laughs> Catherine mm-hmm. Hunt playing doc ock Leave Shriver playing Wilson Fisk, Chris Pine playing Peter Parker. It's like almost everybody on that front page is super well known currently. Yeah. I mean, and, Oscar Isaac's in it. Like, yeah, Oscar Isaac's you know, in it for a very brief moment. Right. And um, so can I, can I ask, I'm just going to ask the yeah. question, uh, Chris. Yeah. Uh, why into the Spider-Verse? Well, I'm, I'm at- uh, so so, so, so this goes back to to a to a conversation that Jesse and I had on his uh, podcast about comics, okay. where I came on and I talked a bunch about how one of the first video games I ever played by myself, like as like a seven year old, was the Insomniac Spider Man, that was based around the '90s cartoon that yeah. was out at the time. Okay. And so Spider-Man has just always been like my pop culture thing. Like even mm-hmm. if I didn't even if I didn't actually read any of the comics, I just wanted like Power Rangers and Spider-Man. That was like my my stuff. I wanted all that stuff. So like Sp- Spider-Man has just been a constant in my life mm-hmm. and when y'all said, "Hey, like we're doing a, a movie podcast, I immediately thought, oh, you should talk about this movie because it's the best Spider-Man movie. Which is like, it, it, that's like high praise for a movie that, a movie franchise that I think has some of the best superhero movies within it. Like I think Far From Home is one of the best superhero movies. I think Spider-Man 2 is probably one of the best superhero movies, uh, especially for its time. But I think it has a different flavor now as yeah. it's aged but it's still like it's still fun and still good in a lot of ways um and then you got into the spider-verse which is like hey this is the first time a comic book's been slapped onto the screen like fully like they literally do that like five times where they slap a comic book onto the screen yeah yeah it's it's a, it's it's probably like one of my favorite running bits in 
like anything I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and it's and there's bits like that, that like that don't get old. Like it opens up with it being approved by the Comics Code Authority and having that big old label in the center of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I've been doing is I've actually since like the day that that we were in Discord and I said like, hey, you should you all should watch this movie. Not a hundred percent sure if like that meant I was going to be on an episode necessarily. I just said, hey you should watch this movie because it's a good movie. Um, I've been just watching it passively because Mm -hmm. there are so many just passive background, whether it's just jokes or references Mm -hmm. or visuals that you just, you, you won't get everything on just one pass. Yeah. It will, it will take you five or six looks to really get every single thing out of this movie. I mean, the, it has one of the best gags to almost any movie I've seen where they're running away. So they have the computer that has like the, the information they need and they're running out with a bunch of scientists chasing after them. And Miles has a bagel in his hand and he throws it backwards and it hits one of the scientists in the head and it just says on top, bagel. Yeah. like It's, <laughs> it's, it's a great gag. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's so interesting too because, and I do, I, I do want to like bring this up before we get really deep into it, but the the animation st- style in this movie has like literally never been like actually attempted before, and it's something that the the animation studio said took like four times lo- longer than they than they w- would would normally do a film. Mm-hmm. So like in a lot of ways there are bits of there are bits of this production that are like exploitative because you're forcing people to work yeah for that long and like that in itself like as a practice as like a sustainable model is not okay Mm -hmm. but also this movie looks so god dang good yeah that like i I want them to be able to make this equitable so that more stuff can look like this because this is how all comic book movies should look. Yeah. Like it just is in my opinion. Agreed 100% like on all, on all points. Um, So before we get into it, uh, anybody have, I'm just going to express some, some of my thoughts about the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is coming from someone who has, not necessarily a checkered history with comic books, but uh, when I first tried to get into the form, I, and this was, this was when I sort of realized that the form is not 100% for me. And the only reason I say that is because I walked into a comic store and I started looking at things and immediately it was like, uh, I would get similar feelings later in life when I would walk into jazz and classical sections yeah. uh, in, in CD stores, because I was try I always try and get into things that I don't know about. Uh, that's just part of who I am. And I realized when I walked into a comic store, I'm like, okay, I have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Either, either I have to, uh, I either I have to go full in and spend a lot of time with this or 
I have to explore uh, pop music. And pop music to me was easier to do by myself because I didn't have a lot of like getting into music and getting into comics. Like I didn't have a lot of people who were interested in those things around me. Uh, In high school, I would have friends that would spend a lot of time at that comic store with me because we got into playing Magic the Gathering and they were into that, but nobody, they would walk past the comics like they weren't even there. Uh, I, you know, I went to my first Street Fighter 2 tournament because they had a Street Fighter 2 machine in that store. And I would, I would end up going to like a giant, place called Vets Auditorium in downtown to compete and actually do pretty well in a Street Fighter tournament as, you know, a teen. But uh, I would always, whenever I went into this comic store, I would always look at Spider-Man. And I would even read issues while I was there. They they let me read issues. But Spider-Man was the one that always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't really know why. I didn't, I I, I still don't think I really identify with Peter Parker. Um, But I always thought, of of all of the superheroes that I sort of exposed myself to yeah that was that was the one that I was just like there's 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 a right kind of good here um and when I st- when almost frame one uh, of into the spider-verse brought all of that back like I was immediately just I was it was immediately like that movie was playing on a TV at that comic store. Like it was that right. transport. Yeah. It was that transportive for me. And no superhero movie has done that. Now I've I don't know if I've really gone into it here, but like I'm not a big fan of superhero movies in general. Sure. Just, there's just, yeah, they're <clears throat> they're a very specific slice of a genre that yeah. you have to be very into. Mm-hmm. and it's a it's it's also not not just genre work but it's also a very specific type of storytelling within that genre work mm-hmm. that doesn't really the the like flow of those movies don't really change that much for from movie to movie you have different high points and low points but generally you you end up in the same sort of place after every movie yeah, and 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 I don't. I'm not going to sit here and be the one that's like, oh, those aren't art, or those aren't good. Those aren't good film. They're not good cinema. I'm not going to turn into. I mean, I think Martin Scorsese when he said his, they're kind of like amusement park rides. I don't think he's wrong, right? But yeah. I also don't think he's fair. Yeah, because you know, amusement park rides are dope. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like and Disneyland's an amusement park ride, but let me tell you, those Imagineers are making some art. Right. 100 <laughs> yeah. percent Um, but what I love about what what I love about Spider-Verse specifically is everything that 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 Chris said. Like it looks so much different than a CG superhero movie. It, it, I mean, even if you want to go back to, I mean, is it, is it my favorite? No, it's immediately in the top five though. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think it belongs, like if I were to, if I were to do my top five, it would probably be number one uh, is still Christopher Reeve's original, original Superman. That's just sure. probably my yeah. age. Then it's Spider-Man two by Sam Raimi. And then it's um, crap. It's gone. Oh, um, 
Batman Begins. I prefer Batman Begins to The Dark Knight, even though sure. ultimately sure. The Dark Knight we can say is a better film. Yeah, uh, no, this, is, this, this is favorites, and then it's Black Panther, and then Into the Spider Verse. Like, yeah, and, and I, yeah, I, 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 I would also probably go like Black Panther is a little higher than Spider Verse, but like not by much. You right, know, like it's the same. It, 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 it he, he, here's what it does is it, it, it gives me the same sort of vibe of the people who worked on this poured everything they could into it. Mm-hmm. You see that in Black Panther so clearly because it is, it is so distinct and it yeah. is so like every inch of it is poured over mm-hmm. in, the, in the exact same way that every inch of this movie is absolutely poured over from the 97 different Stan Lees that are on trains yep. to the <laughs> yep. like billions of like just little boxes and and uh, comic flares and all this other stuff and all the 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 soundtrack for this god dang movie is maybe the best movie F- find me a better movie soundtrack I don't think you can Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would say, could I find you a more appropriate soundtrack? No. Right. Uh, and, and that's, and that's, then that's just getting into it. We're just going to, you want to have a subjective argument for no reason? Right. Let's do it. <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, like this, this movie specifically is, is something so, uh, so immediately special. And when you brought it up, I think within about, it has to be within within five minutes of you saying that in the uppercut discord that I said, so we got to have wheels on. Yeah. And I think, and I think we gotta, we gotta talk about Spider-Verse with wheels yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe it was Jesse saying that to me, but one of us said it said wheels has to be on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, and, 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 and I think I could speak for both Jesse and I not to be rude about it, but you didn't feel like you invited yourself at all. Chris. We uh, well, definitely- I, 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 I appreciate that because I, I really do honestly God have a, have a really bad habit of, inviting myself onto podcasts my friends do by yelling about how excited I am about the things that they're also excited about. Oh, that's, that's, that's why we're friends. Yeah, that's, so. I, 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 I guess that's what friendship is actually. Yeah, exactly. Is, is, is the title of this episode now. There you go. <laughs> that's what friendship is. Um, Jesse, you've talked the least. What are your thoughts on Spider-Verse? I feel like I always talk the most. I'm okay talking the least sometimes. Um, To bounce off... Okay, enough of you. (laughs) (laughs) To to bounce off some thoughts that you had and that Chris has had, um, to talk about Spider-Man as a character is very interesting because there's a a thing where, as you say, you don't really relate to Peter Parker, but you've probably related to characters that Peter Parker has inspired in some way throughout the years. And it's because Peter Parker is such, is such like has the Fantastic Four were the the dysfunctional family invention of comic books. Peter Parker really was the 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 counterculture 
uh, introduction in comics where he was Stanley trying to present a kid that was more inclined to popular sensibilities of teenagers and college students. And it's really interesting too, because people always talk about how Peter Parker was bullied because he was a nerd. Because it, it's not really that. He was bullied because he was shy and off-putting and uh, kind of rude to people when he was Peter Parker because he, he had social anxiety and stuff like that that I don't think Stanley knew at the time. But he was writing him as such because I bet you Stanley had the same things in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he was Spider-Man, he always was way more quippy and stuff like that. And, I, and like talking to Grace uh, uh, on the other podcast too about comic movies, I always talk about how I love Andrew Garfield Spider-Man the most because like not the movies but him as Spider-Man the most because he's someone who without the mask is very off-putting. He's not nerdy to be bullied. He's he's being bullied because he's like he's weird and he's like not talkative and he's not social, and he's not this. And then when he puts on the mask, he's instantly everything he's not. And that's the whole thing about Spider-Man. And so what's so great about Into the Spider-Verse is that it gives you three I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like excluding uh the 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 non-male and the non-weird <laughs> spider-man it gives you three different spider-men who all have the same personality traits uh and you see them though at different stages of their life you have miles at the very beginning of his career you have peter b parker who's at the very tail end of his career and then you have peter p parker who we get the least amount of time with but it's plenty for how the story structured that he's right in the center of everything where he's the pinnacle of what spider-man needs to be um and so to have that one die spoilers um to have that one die and then have the other two have to like work this out to save the day is very interesting to see like see spider-man throughout the years in this way and um not that brian michael bendis should uh uh get all the all the the white man credit for creating miles but he did create miles and he did it in such a way that miles was a peter parker for a new generation now we see all these characters that have come up through comics and through other medium that wouldn't have existed without miles morales um as same with peter parker we wouldn't have like invincible we wouldn't have uh nightwing we wouldn't have all these characters because those personalities are all based off of peters in the long run and all the modern uh uh, young kid superheroes are based off miles um and it's just kind of how it, how it goes so that's just the comic side but for the movie side um you know you know those movies like uh there's like sausage party uh you guys remember that movie <laughs> yeah i yeah. i actively refused to wa- like my parents rented it to like what and i actively refused to watch it because um, it was like yeah horrible uh, I was looking. Who was it? Yeah, one, I was one, like the same. Way. I'm like, I don't want to see this. <laughs> yeah, one of the directors of this movie worked on that movie. But that's besides the point. Um, mm-hmm. When that movie was coming out, people were like, ah, oh, this is going to change animation forever. Now we're going to get all these great adult animations that are going to be raunchy and fun, and nothing happened. Um, yeah. And there's other animations that have been like that, where they come out and they're like, ah, oh, this is going to change the animation landscape for forever and it's going to do something crazy and spider-verse was the same way it comes out everybody's like oh everything's going to be animated in this style and i don't think people realize how hard that is but not but they've they 100 created new technology to make this movie and we are starting to see movies have the spider-verse style like it's by the same producers and it has some of the same staff but uh mitchell versus the machines the mitchells versus the machines that one that just came out Mm -hmm. that's in this style that has that weird 2d 3d comic book style going about it is because it's the same company in a lot of ways and like they are like let's adapt this style and do more with it 
because it's a good style and it's something that's actually good and healthy and it can be explored in a way not not like sausage parties like raunchy 3d animation was yeah so those are my those are my inspired thoughts that are not about the really the movie but the things surrounding the movie Can I can I um, just sort of go backwards into into Jesse because I want to talk about um, sort of the the interesting changes that that they make to Miles both from like an animation standpoint and like a a character standpoint with his with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, originally in the Ultimate Comics, when Bendis writes Miles. Miles is 13 mm-hmm. and they they sort of say that in the movie but they sort of make him look about 15 or 16 mm-hmm. like just the just the way that they that they designed him but you have to realize that when like that, that when Miles got bit by the spider he was like a tiny child like he was a small boy he he was not like even like a Peter Parker level where where like he's like 16 and like mostly grown and mm-hmm. like basically an adult like like he's tiny child right and and I think that said like says a lot about like the ways that he is different from both Peters right because he he is like so just like unsure of of himself but also so stubborn in the fact that he knows that he he has to be his own person he can't just try to be everybody else because that doesn't work and i think it i think it's a really interesting um thing that they that they get at I mean, as someone who who hasn't engaged with the comics at all, like I, I think that that's a that's a fascinating point. And um, just speaking on on this movie, like I think that comes across rather well. I mean, I know that he's more um, he's definitely he's de- he's definitely not thirteen, but I think he's some. I, I he might be like I know I'm from the Midwest. So I know middle school is different in different part of, parts of the country. Some some places it's uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Some right. places like I grew up, it was just seventh and eighth. That was middle school. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So and I I also know that some places it is seventh, eighth, and ninth. So right. uh, he's definitely in that you know high middle school freshman and high school situation. At least that's yeah. what it, that's that's how that's how it plays to me. Um. And just, I think that tagging on to, you know, how he was incepted as uh, into the canon as a young teen. I love the way they 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 portray that, you know, being a young teen is everybody's brain being a hormonal mess. Yeah regardless of who you are but then they tag on oh by the way you are now a spider man <laughs> onto that and i think um, with regard to just what i know about like superhero origin stories in general 
I think that this is one of my favorites watching someone learn their powers. Yeah. Um, There's an interesting um, thing. So I got the, I got the Blu-ray. I think once it was off of, once they said it was going off of Netflix, I think I bought the Mm -hmm. Blu-ray and they have an extended version in the Blu-ray and one of the main things that they do is they um, sort of expand the relationship with his roommate so that his, his, his roommate, who in the comics is his best friend, mm-hmm. um, sort of becomes his mentor and becomes his mentor by showing him Spider-Man media because, again, this Spider-Man is like the world-famous Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, 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 in, in the extended early version of, of, of the film, he learns mostly by like watching the Spider-Man movie in, in this universe. And like, by like looking at like online video of how Peter did stuff. Um, and I, I think it's so much better that it was mostly a solitary thing because again like that speaks so much closer to like what miles's experience probably would actually be you know mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting that that's in the extended version because that's i mean as someone who has of late been watching a lot of my hero academia it's it's almost like deku watching all might in right. that in that respect and i i think that that's a fascinating idea yeah yeah that that friend too is kind of um is is it is it ganky yeah yeah okay so it's so like my reference for that is probably going to be spider-man marvel's spider-man miles morales yeah the video game so (laughs) i I was gonna say though that pretty close like Another good comparative is like what Ned is to Tom Holland Spider Man in the current MCU stuff. Okay, and I've not watched any of that, so I, oh, I, you I have no frame. Oh. Maybe Homecoming. Maybe. Home, you would you would adore Homecoming. Um, you, you got Michael Keaton as the bad guy. Okay, I guess I got to watch Homecoming then, huh? And he's a and he's a bird bad guy. Come on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He's Birdman. It was kind of cool. <laughs> um, no, that uh, uh, homecoming has one of the best scenes of tension in any of the MCU movies. Um, oh, it's so good. Well, while I don't like this is off the tangent, though, though I don't really care for Far From Home because I think it makes a lot of dumb decisions. Um, the Far From Home has some of the best special effects you'll ever see in a Spider Man in, in any superhero movie because there's uh, some hologram nonsense going on in that movie that they just are bonkers with. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think with this this movie, uh, too. Why do all the uncles have to die? That's my first big question. Yeah, that's just that's that's Marvel, right? That's just what yeah, they do. So many yeah. uncles, so many, so many dead uncles in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, like they killed they killed uh, um, uh, Johnny Storm at one point. He was an uncle. I mean, he's back, but he was an uncle. It's, um, yeah, it's really not okay. They really uh, need to just stop killing this. characters in general. Yeah, but they should stop. We should like just start petitions like Marvel, stop killing uncles. Uh, but uh, 
my I was thinking is like the other characters in this movie too uh are so fun they picked the right spider men and women to be in this movie yeah um, the, 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 the the casting in this in this movie is so so good yeah mm-hmm. um I, the fact that like Catherine Hahn has been on a billion YouTube panels right and nobody has brought up the fact that she was uh, Doc Ock in this movie is like disrespectful to how good she is in this movie. And one of the best yeah. uh, Doc Ock designs, uh, redesigns in any movie. Because I don't, I don't know if there is um, a female Doc Ock in the comics at all. Like, right. if there is, I don't know of which. Uh... Yeah, there's Lady Octopus, but that's not the same character. Yeah, which right. is just proof that we really should just gender bend characters more because it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's good and it like you can you can have the same motivations and and when you put those motivations through a different perspective or spectrum it completely changes the color that you look at yeah. which is really rad I I feel like. And they also do a good job of picking uh designs too from the comics but in different ways like the green goblin early on is 100% like ultimate Spider-Man Green Goblin while like uh, Kingpin is uh, based on like a Bill Sienkiewicz Kingpin story that happened in like the 90s where Kingpin is huge and he has a tiny face. Um, and, and I love like we, we see hints of other characters too that I picked up the first time when the, they go to Peter P. Parker's uh, uh, hideout and he shows all the different like strings connecting everything to Kingpin. Mm-hmm. I, and I was like, Oh, there's Hammerhead there and the Chameleon, and we don't even get to talk about those guys because they don't show up in the movie, but they're they're in the universe. I mean, ha- ha- Hammerhead is there for like one or two scenes. Was he? Because I, I, I know Tombstone's there. Oh, the am, am I, am, okay. I I'm mixing up Hammerhead and and Tombstone because in my head they're the same. Dude. They're basically the same type of character. Hammerhead just has a head that looks like a thumb. Um, right. But uh, yeah, no, it was just cool to see all the different redesigns and pick up on things I missed that way. Um, also, shout out Gerard Way for creating uh, Penny Parker. Yeah. Penny, that, Pe- Penny's great. And I want her in the sequel and you get her and uh, Spider-Gwen and Jessica Drew and just have it be like a like a Spider-Woman movie. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's supposed to be one of the spinoffs, right? It's a Spider-Woman animated movie. Could, um, they they could that's the great thing about about it being spider verse is you could literally do just about anything matthew did you read who they just casted as spider woman in the next uh spider verse movie no i did not uh, uh i believe it's uh isa ray is the is the person they casted and uh, i'm like this, this is gonna be good it's gonna be a good time i do like i do like isa ray yeah isa ray is good a good time um so and just based on what you uh Going off of the, I love Penny Parker too, just because I have a soft spot for robots. Um, yeah, in the comics, they 100% make her an Evangelion character because she's in class and there's a redhead, a blue haired girl, and then a Shinji looking character in the background, just hanging out in the corner. Great. <laughs> Great. Um, but I, 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 I say go the whole way with it where Spider Gwen, Penny Parker, and uh, spider woman yeah mm-hmm. where miles is the damsel 
Nah, oh yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like, and I'm not saying that to denigrate Miles Morales as a character, no, no, but like, yeah. like, you know, it. I mean, so just to start segueing into the movie, like, we get plenty of scenes in this movie where uh, Spider Gwen, Penny Parker, every every other Spider person in this film has been has been them has been a hero for a time, and has experience. And what's to stop? Miles Morales, you know, just fresh, just fresh face onto being Spider-Man gets him, gets in over his head, yeah. you know? And so naturally people with more experience have to come in and lend a hand. And I feel like there, there's, that's a way to do this. Now, will, will a lot of, a, a lot of toxic fan bases have a problem with it oh hell yes but fuck them as far as yeah. i'm concerned my, my goal with with making a, a, any sort of fandom project is to tick those people off like yeah i don't care i don't care how you do it just like tick those people off and get them away from the movie because mm-hmm. they're just not good at all so you're holding down the progress of humankind you douche. <laughs> that, that's what I say to those folks. Yeah, which is, I I wasn't going to to, to initially like bring it up, but it's but it's, it, it's interesting that you point to that because, um, for some weird reason, whenever you go to read the um, Marvel Unlimited comics, um, for for many many books they keep the letter section in and boy howdy let me tell you the letter section of the first i would say two years of miles morales comics in the ultimate universe where remind you they killed peter parker was just straight up racist and that and that was the stuff that they printed i can't even imagine the the terabytes full of email folders that are just straight up slurs and straight up just hate just absolute fire and and brimstone horrible awful yuck yeah i mean i don't know if i respect them for basically printing out the comics the comment section but also like at least they could at least they could point at it and be like y'all need to look at yourselves yeah yeah <laughs> y'all need to look at yourselves <laughs> um but so let's 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 start let, let's start in spider-verse proper shall we i know we can't we've yeah. kind of like danced around it a little bit no but so, it's it it it, it, it it's a movie that, that makes you want to do that because it's oh yeah 100 it's so just happy and just so joyous like i don't i i still can't think of a of a movie that just makes me smile the way that this this movie does because it's just so much of it is just joy yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean when i so i get it like i am you know, i am you know a cis straight white dude but yeah, seeing 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 like portrayals other than my own makes me so happy yeah 
and to like the opening uh, of Spider Verse, you get you get Miles Morales. I believe he's late for school, um, and you get you know you get him speaking to is that is that his dad? Yeah, that's I always forget. It's it's Jefferson, right? Yeah, and then but then he speaks Spanish to his mom, and it's just like wow, this is a and the only really frame of reference I have to that is my best friend growing up was from Taiwan and I would sort of, I would usually, he lived right down the street from me. So he and I would walk to school together. So I would go grab him and it would be, it would be like, Hey man, I just need to grab my bag. And then he would speak Mandarin to his mother and sister and father. And like, I, I saw that very tertiarily and seeing this, you know, it made me think of that, but like, also it made me think like, this is this is a real experience yeah uh and this is it this is a this is a actual thing that just happens day to day regardless of whether or not you're a superhero um and i i I mean i loved it in this movie i loved it in the video game and uh and i'm probably going to be referencing the video game a lot because that yeah because it's yeah, a game, a game meant a lot to me playing through it, but yeah, it's it's good and and it's also like halfway a a, a a reference to this movie because the the original was definitely being written around the same time that that this was probably like there 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 must have been some overlap between the main game where you're you're putting miles in knowing mm. you're gonna do something. Yeah, um, and the DLC coming out. So sure, I mean, and then like we and, and like everybody, the first thing I did was try and get the spider Spider Verse suit. Yeah, because as far as I'm concerned, the 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 suit that Miles ends up with is probably the best Spider Man suit that I've ever seen in my yeah. life. It's it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Anyway, uh, Jesse. Yes, you are better at doing a rundown than I am. Yeah, I so I, I, I want you I want you to take it from here. <laughs> Um, no, it's fine. It, it, the, the the problem with the rundowns in, in me is like, I I don't want to spend it going beat by beat. I just kind of want to cover sure. the broad strokes. And that's um, fine. Yeah. So him running like for school, getting to school. My and the favorite thing too is like um, the way that you automatically see Jefferson Davis be a dad mm-hmm. from the start. Oh yeah. And it never leaves. It just never leaves. Um, making him say I love you in front say of I love you back. Yeah. Say I love you back. <laughs> that that is like 100 percent like my dad. Like we just like butt heads for like 45 seconds, but then he's like immediately like turns around like you gotta hug me. Yeah. I'm your dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is embarrassing, but it comes back later to kind of like it's one of those it, again, this is like good storytelling in a kid's movie is where that is embarrassing. The kids understand that it's embarrassing while they're watching it, but then it comes back at the end with him him in the costume talking to his dad and if you're a kid watching this you're probably feeling like man like now i understand why it's important to say these things because it's going to be too late at some point um but then yeah moving on to he gets to the school the school's new he's running late he's overstressed we all understand this feeling mm-hmm. um and he makes it to the, his last class that shows the documentary of who will eventually be revealed as doc Ock. um and sitting next to a new girl who eventually is revealed as Gwen, uh, Gwen Stacy from another dimension. Um, I, I, the, the thing is, afterwards, he turns in that test and it's a, it's a zero. 
And the teacher goes, the only way you can get a zero on this test is if you do exactly which ones are the right answers. And so she turns the zero into a hundred. Yeah, so he uh, does but, get kicked out of class. But by the way, that that the, in it where I grew up, that wouldn't happen. Like no, nope. yeah. Nope. Yeah, no. Like I, I had a teacher, this is a side note. I had a teacher once who uh forgot to save in my grade, so she didn't want to regrade it. So she was just gonna flunk me for that quarter. And I'm like, excuse me, I would like you to regrade my homework, please. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, 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 that is maybe a little bit of an unrealistic teacher. But after Miles being stressed, he jumps out of his room, escapes the classes, sees Uncle Aaron, who's one of the coolest characters mm-hmm. in comic book history because he's the Prowler. Prowler has one of the dopest costumes. Yeah. Um, and I, and the design for the Prowler in this too, the way they do like the audio for the Prowler while he's running and moving around is some of the most like get the the hair on the back of your neck standing up but it's also really dope at the same time yeah yeah and the i again this is a benefit of having the the blu-ray listening to the director commentary is like the 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 way that they animate like his cloth and Mm -hmm. like the stuff around his boots and how his boots are like just two light sources and then you have the cloth acting as like just like movement ar- around him and the way that that they work together to like create his shadow is really interesting and really cool yeah and uh and, and i and i think too like that that moment between uncle aaron and miles is their spray painting in, in an abandoned uh subway station is it a subway station that they're basically in like a subway stop. Yeah. It's just abandoned. Yeah. Like, like, yeah it's an abandoned subway stop. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but there's spray painting there. And it, that is also the thing where like, it shows the audience like Miles' expressionism that he can't let out because he's at a smart person school, basically. Mm-hmm. And so he can't be the person he kind of wants to be. But with Uncle Aaron, he can. So you have that dynamic, too, with the dad being like, I want you just to, to live a good life. And then Uncle Aaron just being free, but he's a criminal. And that's like the reason he gets to be free, kind of, is he doesn't have to confine to anybody's standards but his own. Yeah, and, it, right. and it's also weird because, like, Miles' dad is a cop. Yeah. But cops in the in the Marvel Universe are a, a, an impossible ideal where they have literally never shot a civilian somehow. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and so you just have to go with that. I yeah. remember I remember being on a on a podcast in twenty when did the Insomniac Spider Man come out? When 2016? 2018. 2018. Uh, and I and I remember people being weirded out by the like cop surveillance stuff. Yeah. And, and spider cop. Well yeah. yeah and and me kind of kind of being not like defensive about it, but like, oh, it's, you know, it's Stan Lee's New York. What do you expect? And then the next uh, year and a half uh, proving me absolutely wrong by showing me that things were were absolutely going to get worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the same universe where uh, when 9-11 happens, <laughs> Victor Von Doom cried because it was so sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah, so we see uh, like, 
the showing of expressionism that'll come up later with Miles and the spider shows up, bites Miles. I love I love it too. That Miles is like freaked out. It shows the spider biting him in such a dramatic way and, and Miles just slaps it and then walks away. Yeah, I think I think about how 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 much of that is probably a nod to in the Toby Maguire Spider-Man, like Same situation, as, yeah. as um he, he's being bitten, um like one of the last shots, like as he's like convulsing before he wakes up, you see this giant spider bite on his hand. Like the bite is like almost his in, his entire like palm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. just huge. And so I like to think that like the animator was like, okay, we're gonna like fake them out, like make them think that he's gonna like balloon up, and then he just swats the spider, and it's really funny. Yeah. Um, just kind of skipping ahead a bit it forward he get he gets the powers overnight wakes up taller stronger all this stuff gets sticky hands rips off some of gwen's hair by accident pants um, don't fit yeah but my favorite thing too is he's like it becomes chaos it becomes slapstick for a bit where he's running around trying to understand his powers and then he falls into his room again and reads the spider-man comic where the exact same things are happening and that's how they telegraph that it's he's spider-man like this is it this yeah. is how it works and to, to him and to the audience like, this is how it always is going to happen and so he tries to run back to uncle aaron can't find them anywhere goes back to uh where the spider bit him and while he's there all of a sudden disaster strikes green goblin's thrown around and the wall breaks open spider-man's fighting green goblin trying to stop some stuff mm-hmm. uh movie magic happens and spider-man's dead <laughs> Yep, <laughs> and tells and, tell, and tells and tells tells Miles like, "Hey, you got to stop this, please. Up, like if you can stop this, it gives him a flash drive that's broken. Um, well, no, no, oh, not broken yet. It, yeah, it's not it's, it's not broken when he 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 breaks it by trying to like swing off of a building. And yeah, um, and so as he's uh, everybody's mourning Peter Parker's death, he gets a Spider-Man costume from one and only Stanley. I, I, I just want to say that the song that they play here d- during this montage makes me cry every single time. Like, legitimately, like, it's almost like Pavlov. Like, I, I, w- I will cry when <laughs> this, like, it's like 45 seconds in the movie, mm-hmm. but it makes me tear up every time. And it's- so, so you see Stanley in Spider-Verse, there will be wheels tears. Is that what you're telling us? Well, 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 not just that, but but just the way that they do the entire scene with yeah, and oh, it's it's yeah, narrating it it is so so um, uh, just super emo- emotional, and maybe it's the fact that like uh, the like Chiron on Times Square says that like Peter Parker dead at twenty six, and I was twenty six when this came out, and so like yeah, thinking about how how weird it is that like. In the in this universe, I'm as old as that Spider-Man, and he just died, and like, oh no, yeah. What does that mean? You know, like, yeah. Ugh. I mean, and just to dovetail on, like, for some reason, uh, in a post, in in a in, in post Stanley's passing, mm-hmm. like, when I saw when I saw Stanley in this, saw him in the original the marvel spider-man from 2018 uh i even teared up and Mm -hmm. and and also because i think i think his cameos here like in spider-man movies are kind of the best yeah 
I think he I think his cameo is used the best in Spider-Man films. Like I haven't seen any of the Andrew Garfield ones. I haven't seen Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but in the Tobey Maguire ones, uh, I'm, I'm except for maybe three because I don't remember I don't remember that movie very much. Um, <clears throat> the uh, I just think this the Stan Lee moments have this weird purity to them that I just can't put my finger on. And, and like, I mean, even in this where he's just like, that one's my favorite too. I'm like, you got me every, damn you and your Excelsior. (laughs) So, but yeah, continue. Yeah, and so uh, at uh, Peter's grave, all of a sudden, Peter B. Parker shows up, scares the crap out of Miles. Miles shocks him to show off the first uh, Venom power that uh, Miles has. Um, and uh, do they call them Venom powers? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay. ve- eventually yeah. in the movie they do, yeah. yeah it's, it, it, it's weird the, because, like, Venom is a character, so. Yeah, yeah. in the, and in the, so it, just for one tiny, tiny, like, diversion, um, in the original comics, Miles ag- again beca- because he's 12, 13, um, thinks that these are mutant powers. Like he thinks he's becoming a mutant, yeah. right? Because the powers are like undefined. He's turning invisible at random, and he can't he can't really figure that out. And so he thinks they're mutant powers because he because he doesn't realize that he was bitten by a spider. And I just think that's a really interesting note that you don't that you don't get from the from the movies because the movies have had to ignore mutants for so long that mm-hmm. like they're no longer a possible a possibility and so it's just interesting to think about like in the comics they never went away even though you think that they did because of the of the movies yeah and mm-hmm. how that works um so peter, he meets peter b parker peter b parker is like hey I guess I need your help because you find out that any of the characters who show up from another dimension, their atoms are slowly dying and they will eventually <laughs> dissolve because mm-hmm. uh, they do not want to be in another universe. Um, you learn that this Peter Parker is not the Spider-Man that's perfect. He has been fighting for about 15-ish years, I think he said. Um, and lost, he lost Mary Jane because he was too scared to have kids. He got fat. Um, he's worn out. Lost a lot of money because he was bad with business. So he's the actual Peter Parker. He's the real Peter Parker. In my yeah. Mind. Um, yeah. Uh, and you see the them go. They they have to go get a new copy of the the, the basically shut down code uh, of the dimensional portal thing. And you see them meet basically the, all the villains. You see them meet Doc Ock, who's a woman in this universe, Tombstone, uh, and Kingpin. And you find out Kingpin's motivation is really he lost his. Uh, wife and kid because they saw him beating the crap out of spider-man they ran away and they died yeah and so he's just trying to get another version of them back because he misses them so much which is honorable but maybe not kill the universe while you're doing it honorable um so they escape but the help to escape uh gwen stacy shows up as spider gwen we get her origin which again i love how they do the origins they slap a comic down and they kind of flip through it like an actual comic book to show the Mm -hmm. origins um they go back to aunt may's house they meet the other uh, dimensional heroes that show up. Uh, you get uh, Petty, Peggy Parker, who is... Uh, uh, did, they, did they give her... A, is it Spider-Mech? Is, is that... Or is it... I think it's Spider-Mech. So, so, so it's S-P-D-R. 
Oh yeah, SPDR because she has a mech that she's connected to that is like it is the Spider-Man suit. But she has Spider-Man esque powers too. I don't. I don't think they actually name it in the like nobody says it out loud. But in yeah. the in the commentary, they definitely know what it what, like. They had it in a in a design document. They just yeah. never put it in. The well, movie. I think I think I think you get the story that um, the mech was designed by her father. Yes, and. Uh, the spider connected her and the mech together somehow. Yes. So, yes. Um, and then you get Spider-Ham, who's wonderfully played by John Mulaney. Oh, God. Spider-Ham. Which oh. has, like, a Warner Brothers animated origin, which is funny, because they're, like, if, you, if you're if you not, you can't see this the first time, because you you can't focus on more than one. Because they play uh, her origin, his origin, and Spider-Man Noir's origin, who's played by the wonderful Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. um, all at the same time. And they're all animated differently. Mm-hmm. So it's very it's very cool to see that, um, and basically none of them believe that Miles can help uh, them go back. So they're like, "We'll do it without you, Miles. Why don't you just relax, think about school?" But one of them has to stay here and die because someone has to shut off the machine. And Miles is like, "I can do that," and like, "No, you can't. Yeah. You're you're not trained enough yet." Yeah, um, it's it, it, it's like kind it's kind of the one moment in this movie that I sort of like disagree with. Like everyone is pushing him super hard yeah and like i get it because it's like bro the universe is gonna end you have to be on point like you have to go you have to like go and do it but like guys like chill out He's yeah i mean gonna even, be okay even gwen like vouches for him first and then all of a sudden switches on him so it's kind of weird yeah um but again it's a kids movie so some of these things that kind of chalk up to like the writing for kids so like not mm-hmm. everything can be at the level that we want it to be uh, only pixar is allowed to play that game i guess right yeah. where they actually they actually write for adults in toy story 4 and then the kids are just left to the wayside. So. <laughs> um that's that's a movie um and so basically uh miles goes back to try, talk to uncle aaron learns uncle aaron is a bad guy named prowler who was ch- trying to kill him uh, Prowler doesn't know that Miles is still Spider-Man. Miles runs back to Aunt May's house and brings all the villains with him. We get to see a great Scorpion redesign in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Scorpion that speaks Spanish and then they translate it in a word balloon. Yep. Just... I love I love this touch. That touch is perfect. Also, the, the, we uh, there's two things that we've, I, I forgot to mention of like behind the scenes facts are, that everybody kind of knows at this point if they know the movie, but it is super fascinating. Uh, when Spider-Man's learning, or when Miles is learning how to swing, he's at a different frame rate than Peter B. Parker because he's not as experienced. But as he's slowly getting more experienced, and by the time we get to the well, what's a danger scene, he's at 60 frames. Before he's at like he's at like four, like 15, 25. Like he's slowly building up frames in the animation, and then once he's finally Spider-Man, he's at the full 60 frames. That's just it's just a, it's a small thing. You don't really notice it, but it's so good. I love that you guys are pointing this out because I've not seen commentary or anything like that. I've not oh, done you, any. You like I, I will. I will at some point when I have expendable money just get you a copy of the Blu-ray because you. Oh no! It. I'll get it eventually, but like yeah. I, I just I as I, I personal expenditures aside, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's the reason I don't have it yet. But, yeah, no, totally. Um, I, I, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that you both have ha- have experience with this because that those details are fascinating and yeah. I I I, just, I I I didn't notice them so I'm glad 
I'm yeah. sincerely glad you guys are talking about it. Uh, another lovely detail is before when they first meet Doc Ock, uh, Peter B. Parker asks Doc Ock, like, do, they, do your friends call you Doc Ock? And she goes, no, my friends call me Liv, but my enemies call me Doc Ock. But when she shows up <laughs> at Aunt May's house, Aunt May goes, oh, hello, Liv. They know each other. Yeah. yeah. How do they know each other? Uh, what do you mean? How do they know each other? I'm just saying, like, why are they friends? Why are it made? Well, is it is is isn't Doctor Octavius? Wasn't he? Wasn't Peter his understudy, or is that just the video game? Well, no, that that is like the the that comic book stuff. And at one point, Doc Ock was married to Aunt May. Like that's a whole comic book thing. But in this universe, we've only established that there's just Lady Doc Ock, not a male Doc Ock at all. So it's interesting but it's, but it's a parallel universe so the parallel I mean, yeah, peter p parker could be could have worked for them maybe that's why he found out what kingpin was up to i'll i'll take this as far as i need to go with my speculation jesse I, well, you know I, was, I was just saying the fan base speculates that they had a relationship at some point but let's move on that's um, cool yeah uh so they basically have a big fight at aunt may's house which she asked so kindly for them to take it outside and spider-man yes. nora goes we don't pick the ballroom when we dance in <laughs> um uh miles gets chased by the prowler and as the prowler is about to kill miles miles takes off his mask say hey it's me uncle aaron please don't kill me uncle aaron decides not to kill him and kingpin's Mm -hmm. like i don't like that and shoots uncle and kills uh kills him on sight um why would the uncles marvel why would the uncles (laughs) uh miles takes his uncle out of there uh, leaves him to kind of like get away as his dad shows up and his dad now sees that his brother is dead and also a bad guy. Um, and then P- uh, Miles goes back to his uh, to his a uh, dorm dorm to kind of like decompress. Peter and them show up. They have a talk. Uh, they say, "Hey, you can't come. You just can't. We need to do this. You're 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 rough around the edges. You can't do this. I will." Peter says, "I'll do it." And Miles like, "You'll die." He's like, "I got it. I'm a hero. That's what we do." Mm-hmm. And they basically uh, tie him up and say, "Just stay here." Uh, the, the, there's a there's a really great gag where yeah. um, in, in 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 between Miles like getting home and and them like fight sort of fighting and and t- tying him up because he, he can't he can't like do it uh the, there's this great little gag where they're all hiding from genki like on the ceiling mm-hmm. and they're all like rotating around yep. and it's it's just a very good visually because you can you can see all their individual legs moving and it's like just really really neat it's it's something out of like a marx brothers film or a looney tunes film or a looney tunes you know short it's something it's something old and slapstick that still finds a way to work yeah in 2021 i i I love that but see also i want to i want to interject here as well because i feel like it's not as simple as them tying him up and moving on no true yeah i feel like there's way more there's like because there's the moment in every hero origin story where they just have to do the thing. Yeah. And I love that this is an adult, a seasoned adult talking to a teenager without with that has that has forgotten where they come from. Yeah. Now and and so just to get a, this actually brought up a lot of personal recent history for me um my uncle matthew passed away earlier this year oh, i'm sorry and, and, 
it it sucks. Uh, I, you know, but my cousin Alec is the his youngest, and you know, I'm 41. Alec is 33, and at one and my and they're all back in Iowa, and my mom is you know trying to. My mom is kind of the shepherd of the family now that both my grandparents are gone. Um, but at one point, my mother called me, and she was just yelling about how Alec didn't know how to do everything dealing with his father passing. And I, I stopped her. I said, mom, listen to me for 30 seconds. She's like, okay, you have 30 seconds, go. I go, how many fathers has Alec had die? And she's like, well, he only has one. So this is his first time. So this is all the stuff he doesn't know. Yeah. So he has to, so he has to learn it like that, this particular scene. And it's just like, nobody knows he doesn't, he hasn't figured this out yet. Yeah. You have to, nobody has sat and taught this kid. Nobody has showed him the ropes and they expect him to just know it. Yeah. And that, and it's, it, it's, it's, it's really great that you bring that up because it, 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 it even goes back to the relationship between Miles and his father where his mm -hmm. father just expects that you're just gonna be you're just gonna be great because mm -hmm. I I made you and I take I give you food therefore you great exactly yeah. <laughs> and and like and and that is and that's what makes and that particular scene and then when Miles inevitably shows up saves the day and he saves the day with his own special brand of style swagger and he unlike just you say he's 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 in 60 frames yeah he's he's doing the thing and it's it hits so much harder this time you know the, and, and like you know having seen this you know three years prior to what happened earlier this year uh well, two, I, I, I'm sorry, two years prior. But having all that, like, I just, I, my heart swelled at this point in the film, just because I, I watched this kid, like, no, no one's teaching me how to do the thing. I'm just going to freaking do the thing. And then he did the thing. And it was, I, I mean, I, I have a, a weird attachment to the Rocky movies, but I still hear the Rocky music when things like that right. happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and that and that's just like when I'm helping an x-ray student learn x-rays. Yeah. And when I see them comp and I see them do the thing without me helping, it's just in the back of my head. And I'm just like, I'm like, all right, the, the, this child is walking and I love seeing it. So, so yeah. Uh, continue, Jesse. Yeah, no, I... but, but <laughs> after, and like they, they, Peter challenges him, hey, if you want to be the hero, then you have to take me out. And I'm like, but what hero does that? Like, like what hero takes out someone that he knows is an ally? So that's mm -hmm. also like a rough thing. Um, but then they tie him up. His dad shows up. His dad thinks he's ignoring him still, but he can't talk. Um, right. And his dad like really opens up and is like, hey, your uncle passed away. And he, like all this has come out. And I just I worry about you. And I just want you to know that I love you type of thing. And that basically juices him out. I go, I have to do this. I just have to do this to be the hero. Mm -hmm. And so Miles gets, he finally gets control of his powers for the most part, breaks out, goes back to Peter's hideout, spray paints one of the, one of the suits. 
and becomes his own Spider-Man. And then one of the best fight scenes ever to be animated happens between all the Spider-Men and all the villains. Some mm-hmm. of the greatest uh, comedy happens with uh, with uh, Spider-Ham. Oh, with God. Dr- <laughs> John Mulaney's great in this movie. Oh God, I'm so I'm so glad that he's clean and he's out of rehab, and hopefully he can is able to stay clean because yeah. like I just want him to succeed so much. And yeah. uh, I love that as Spider-Man Noir is about to jump back into his home, he's he has a Rubik's cube and he's like, I don't understand it, but I will figure it out. Um, Neither do any of us. Yeah, Spider-Man and, Noir. And, and Spider-Ham before he leaves gives him a hammer that says it will fit in his pocket. Don't worry about yep. it. Oh, it's so good. And it says oh. that's all, folks. And then Peter Parker yep. goes, "Is that even legal? Can he say that?" <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt that he looks like Porky Pig in a Spider-Man yeah, suit. Yeah. Like, it's not just like a cart. It, it could have been the, the pig from U.S. Acres from the old Garfield cartoon. Yeah. But no, this is straight up Porky-ass pig <laughs> in a Spider-Man suit. Like, they're, they're, it's like they're barely trying. And uh, everybody goes except for Peter. And then all of a sudden, uh, Kingpin shows up again. And Peter's like, I'll take care of this. And Miles goes, no, I'll take care of this. And throws Peter into... The portal to go home and you get that famous mm-hmm. meme scene but also a great line of peter going back and it goes you did good kid and then all of a sudden you get a really great and colorful fight between miles and kingpin which kingpin almost takes miles out like literally like oh yeah. beats it down upon his body which would kill yeah. most people well yeah and the great and and the great thing about about both of these fight scenes is, is they take place sort of in this dome yeah. And and what this dome is doing is like sort of collecting and sending energy. So in the background the entire time, you're just seeing like different like little just tiny things like a like a stop sign or like a mm-hmm. like a building or like a street lamp or just b- bunches of different things just sort of whooshing by, um, and sort of then the fight scenes will happen into these like bigger elements but it's just it is something that's really interesting it communicates scale Mm -hmm. in a in a way that is helpful and not like overwhelming you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. um and then Miles finally gets the upper hand does the patent and hay move on kingpin and shocks him into the button um, yep. the, the shut everything down and ties up Kingpin says I love you to his dad in the Spider-Man costume and almost gives himself away mm-hmm. um, and did, yeah just still kind of tear up at that too I still yeah. teared up at that yeah. oh my god uh, <laughs> yeah just just b- before you move on there is one uh, bit in the extended version that I wish was canon yeah um uh, because in the so it, so in the movie, um, you you see them t- they t- they take out uh, 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 um, they take out uh, Scorpion uh, and most of most of the other villains. They like get Doc Ock away enough to like start to start to move towards the thing, and she starts to like come back. 
but then just gets hit by a semi truck. And that's the, the end of her in the movie. In the extended version, as the um, portal is being like disintegrated, she jumps into the portal, uh, uh, seemingly going into an, an, another universe. Interesting. And I wish I wonder that if they'll, part of it was canon. But I, I wonder if I, they'll use that and just reuse that scene to show what happened. Yeah, like because it because because it wasn't. It wasn't fully animated, but it was like storyboarded yeah. correctly. So they could they could use it if they wanted to, and I hope that maybe they do. Yeah, um, that is interesting. Um, yeah, so Kingpin's all tied up. Miles is now back at his dorm. He's actually like successful doing what he needs to do. He's Spider Man. His life is kind of good. And then you, as he's about to go to sleep, Sunflower's playing in the background again. The portal opens up, and all of a sudden, Gwen Stacy's like, "Hey, Miles, I need you for a second. And that means they're connected. Now we skip mm-hmm. all the way through the credits, thinking everybody has the names go by as you do with all credits. And if you don't do that with the credits, what kind of movie goer are you to be in the theater as the as the names go by? Say thank you, so and so. Thank you, so and so. Until they kick you out, that's what you have to do. The um, anyways, the post credit scene is Oscar Isaac playing. The Spider-Man from 20, I think it's 20, uh, 2099. Yeah. Uh, who is a, a, a full-on like uh, Latin a Latin Spider-Man. So mm-hmm. it's great that they have Oscar Isaac playing him. Um, and you find out that he has a device that lets him just jump between dimensions now. Um, and he jumps into the, he says the first dimension, which is the, what was it, the 67 or 64 dimension? 62. 62, which brings him to the old, old 2D Spider-Man commercials, or uh, cartoon, and lets him recreate the meme uh, that we all know and love of the Spider-Man pointing at each other. Which is dope. Yeah. <laughs> and in the, in the commentary, they call it the world's most expensive dumb joke, which is yeah. very funny. There's another like great meme too that happens in that movie where when they're getting the the information from Doc Ock's lab and uh, Miles can't let go of the the skylight, Peter's just behind the desk, and it's a hundred percent the desk Spider-Man meme just without the picture behind him. Oh, but it's like the same eyes and everything. It's just him like glaring at Miles, saying, "What are you doing?" Basically. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, so that, that that's that's uh, into the Spider Verse. I, I would like to ask uh, Chris first. What is your absolute favorite part of this movie? Um, I think my absolute favorite part of this movie is so I'm 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 gonna cheat and have it be two things because there are no rules in life. You just say words and stuff happens. Um, but so one of the interesting things is that Sunflower, which is the great sort of theme song for this movie, wasn't written when the movie was being recorded, uh-huh. which is which is why Miles doesn't know the words is because literally there were no words to that song. Uh, that's perfect. When the, the movie was being recorded. Um, my second favorite thing is specifically just Gwen Stacy saying you don't get to like my haircut. Yeah, because you ruined her hair. That's that's really good. Yeah. 
and before she leaves, he goes, "Can I like your haircut now?" Yeah, yeah. The 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 like the flirtatious relationship that they have is is very good. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very good. And uh, Matthew, what was your <coughs> absolute favorite part of this? Movie? Um, so uh, I. <sighs> I really like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna break some rules here too. <laughs> I'm gonna follow the lead of our guest. I have two moments uh, at the end when uh, Gwen and Miles like have their friends moment, and um, when and the 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 most open moments between Miles and his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I remember specifically with the friends thing, like I remember we all have we all have that moment where we just know we're friends with somebody. And sometimes that moment blows by without ever being examined. Yeah. Um, like we don't always know the beginning of a friendship, but sometimes, but but oftentimes when it's bad, we remember the ending. Yeah. Um, and it just reminded me like of a friend I had when I was a kid and he and I were kind, it just reminded me of all that. He and I were basically inseparable for uh, a few years. Then he moved away, we lost touch and we never really spoke again. Uh, yeah. But you know, that's because adults can ruin kids' lives in ways they don't expect. Um, but the stuff with his stuff, the stuff between Miles and Jeff hit me hard because of my own issues with with my well, well both my fathers. My my parents are divorced, and my biological father is one kettle of fish, and my mother's second husband who i actually address as my father like he and i have as as i've grown older uh have drifted apart in ways i wish didn't happen but you know choices uh but i really i really love when you like when miles is tied up and uh his father is just open is just pouring his heart out to the door uh to the door not knowing if not knowing his son's reaction and then the hug uh those moments just hit me in ways that there's a there's a really great thing with the hug that they do with the eyes on the spider-man suit Mm -hmm. where he goes to hug him and you just see the eyes sort of do that shut smile thing yep they close yep Mm -hmm. And, and it's so good because they don't have to do like they could just close but the but the way that they shoot them up to to do the the like tight closing mm-hmm. is 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 just very very good. Yep, just like all of a sudden Spider Man feels safe, and that's a nice juxtaposition for the superhero to be in, as far as I'm concerned. Jesse, yes, my so mine's actually something I didn't bring up, which is funny because I forgot about it until we were thinking about this. Which is they go to a dinner in honor of Peter B. Parker who died, and Peter B. Parker, uh, who ruined his relationship with Mary Jane because he didn't want to have kids, I know what she runs about. up, runs into that universe's Mary Jane and starts flubbing because he realizes he just still wants to be with her. 
and she gets weirded out. All she asks for is some more bread. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, I'm sorry, I failed. I, I, I'll try and be there. I'll try and be there for you. But, yeah. So, they, so you're bringing bread. <laughs> but they pay that off when you see him go back to his world. He knocks on her door of flowers, and she like honestly is happy to see him there. And mm-hmm. I, if you just know that that relationship get, get fixes itself by that small little bit moment that they give you near the end, which I really appreciate. Because they don't really give you any moments like that with any of the other characters, but they give you that moment with him because they know they need to resolve that issue. Um, and on top of that, there's there's a moment between uh, is it Peter B. Parker? That's the that's that's loser Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so loser Peter Parker and Miles have a couple of discussions where. Uh, like the first one miles goes how will i know and and peter goes you won't yeah it just happens and then and then when he's about to leave he looks at miles how do i know i won't mess up he's like you don't yeah i'm like student becoming the master you did good kid that's such a good line (laughs) even though it's like we've heard it before it's so well delivered and shout out to um gosh why did i forget his name all of a sudden um peter b parker voice actor what is his name why can't i remember uh, jake, jake johnson. johnson i just love jake johnson he should be in everything let him be everything um yeah, he's in everything you won't like him anymore true but i still love him and everything i see him in. he's and, great and new girl well, uh, well, uh, yeah while we're doing a shout out shout out to miles mom he's yeah a cool mom oh really? good, good, cool that they showed that she is uh of uh of latin descent too because sometimes people just forget that Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, any other things <sighs> that you guys want to talk about the movie before we head into the, the wrap-up uh, segments? Uh, this movie, I like it when I like it when a movie recontextualizes my thoughts on something. Yeah. And this movie definitely recontextualizes my thoughts on on superhero movies. And I, and while. Um, I know Jesse and I have had like off conversations about just comic movies. Like I'm not really against those because I like movies like American Splendor, Ghost World. Uh, I'm still oddly thinking about The Phantom (laughs) from a couple episodes ago. Um, But so like, I'm not completely averse to comic movies. Superhero movies just have a, they, they have some work to do to get me in. And I love how this one, uh, is just is just such a splash uh, of color yeah all over the place um get, like we're t- it's been mentioned multiple times during this episode that everything is animated so much differently and while i don't know all of the technical specs or or methodologies behind that when i first saw this staying up uh because i couldn't sleep yeah. All I could think about, and I don't know if either of you have seen this movie, uh, all I could think about while watching it was Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily because not not necessarily because they are in any way the same. Oh, beat by beat, same movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but the way that he uses different film stocks and he's, yeah. he's throwing a lot at each scene this does that I, mean, I think that this does it in a more coherent and, and poignant and present way than natural born killers does but it was something that just leaped to the to the front of my mind and uh it makes me want to thinking about it now it makes me want to watch that movie again and see if it's just aged horribly 
over the years like a lot of 90s movies of that era but that's this this movie's really goddamn good yeah yeah so 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 (laughs) let me ask you does it does it sort of accomplish the goal of like making you want to look at like a spider gwen comic or like a miles comic in the future i you know I've been as we as this episode has been going on. I don't know if Penny Parker is a comic. Yes. Oh yeah. Jared yeah. Way wrote a Penny Parker comic. But I am thinking of it. I I that's that would be where I start just because I yeah. To, I, I don't to, know if you could tell, but I got a pinch it for ro, for for robots. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little, little tiny bit. Well, um, I, I I like mechs a lot. There's a lot of Marvel mech comics actually. Um. I'll have to send you pictures later. There's a new, I think there's a new one actually out right now called like Marvel Mega Strikers or something like that. Um, okay. Chris, do uh, you have any more thoughts on the movie though before we head into the final segment? Uh, I, th- I think um, I think we covered it pretty well. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, then my, the last question is now is what have we been consuming recently in media to kind of like give some, we always give some recommendations, but just talk about it for a second. Chris, what have you been enjoying? Um, I, I have been enjoying something that is bittersweet because I started it and then found out it was canceled. Um, my thing is, is manifest, which. Oh yeah. They they just canceled it like today. Yeah. Like as of, as of recording, it was like number one on Netflix and got canceled on like Tuesday. Um, and for some reason, but it's, it's a, a, a weird sort of semi-related to the Marvel movies. It's sort of like, what if the blip happened on a plane so it only happened to like 120 people and they sort of like got super superpowers kind of because of it. I'm only about a season in, so I don't know like where the second season is going to go and then I'll probably watch the third season later mm-hmm. when it when it ends up on Netflix and then be sad because there's no more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hate that this happens to American TV shows where they, they spend so much time spinning yarn that they don't ever get to have an ending and it sucks and I yeah. hate it, but I'm cursed to love it because yeah. it's extremely my stuff of like, just give me a, give me proper nouns and just yeah. throw proper nouns in my face. Um, <laughs> Speaking of proper nouns, I've also been watching Loki, which it's it's not that I don't like it. It's that I'm having trouble grasping it the way that I have these other shows. Yeah. Other other Marvel shows. Because it's just, I have to be so careful about like paying attention to who is the, the character not the actor but the character because yeah because it's in a whole that's the problem with loki's it's just out of time in a lot of ways yeah, yeah. and it it's not it, it's not that owen wilson is doing a bad job he's but, I think that first episode he's great man. right but but he is so owen wilson true that I, yeah. I, I i can't like not see him as owen wilson yeah playing a character you know what i mean yeah like it's, that's fair. It, it's too it's too hard um so yeah that's most of what of what i've been watching i've been playing a bunch of video games but if i talked about all those we'd be here for six more hours so 
Matthew, you should check oh. out the, the only the first episode of Loki because you okay. would love the soundtrack and you would love the set designs. Okay. I mean, I can get some coffee. We could be here for six hours, you know. I, I, I have to go pick up uh, my family's dinner in a bit, so we can't. <laughs> okay. Um, um, so, Jesse, you, you, what have you been, what have you been watching? I've been playing catch up with animated season because I kind of like dropped off. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been playing catch up, and let me tell you, Sherlock Holmes anime is some of the most underrated anime <laughs> that, that exists. <laughs> um, I'm watching Moriarty the Patriot right now. That's my current like catch up on i'm almost caught up um mm-hmm. it, it, the whole thing is what if moriarty is the main character not sherlock um and what if moriarty's just killing rich people totally fine um yeah. i mean he's still moriarty but he's totally fine um my, th- my least favorite thing about sherlock Holmes adaptations though at least modern sherlock Holmes adaptations they always add in um the um gosh uh my brain lost it for a second uh the killer in uk that no one jack the ripper they always okay. add in Jack the Ripper and it's like Sherlock Holmes is going to catch Jack the Ripper. And like, there's another adaptation where Jack the Ripper turns out to be Moriarty and that kind of is like interesting. Uh, other adaptations. Were, so it was like, it was like back and forth. And this one, they, they did a really interesting twist of like who Jack the Ripper is in this universe. So that's what I've been watching. Uh, no movies. I, I, like, I think I'm going to get back into movies again this week, but there have been no, I've had no time for movies. I've been too busy. Okay. Um, I've watched a bunch of old movies recently. Uh, I've been digging into the to the leaving criterion soon. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I, I recently watched uh, a little known 1982 classic from John Carpenter called The Thing. Great book. I love that movie so much. I don't know how many times I've seen it at this point. I, don't know, I, I still seem to know it so well, but I get excited for each scene in it. That movie's really great. Um, I watched a Marx Brothers movie I've never seen called Horse Feathers. Uh, it's about football. Uh, then I watched uh, a Robert Altman movie called Images, which actually, uh, I believe, won a couple of awards. Altman's one of my favorite directors. Uh, he... I've mostly only seen the films where he has gigantic ensembles like uh, like MASH, Nashville, Shortcuts, um, The Player, uh, Goss, I think he did Gosford Park as well. Um, or he did a movie like that, if it's not Gosford Park. Anyway, Altman's a really good director, uses crowds really well. Uh, and then I actually started uh, watching the second Gundam series called uh, Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam. Speaking of things that I'm a fan of that got canceled their first season, Mobile Suit Gundam, <laughs> famous, famously canceled after 43 episodes. And here we are. Decades later. 40 years later, and, and it's still I it, big I, I, I love Gundam in spirit. What was the 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 remake of the red the red whatever that they did in twenty nineteen? Um, oh, uh, the origin. Yeah, was it? I, or was that in twenty nineteen? But basically, it was it's, it's, the, it's the. I mean, it's yeah, it's that recent. It's uh, Birth of the Red Comets, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I I absolutely adored that. And then found out it was in the UC timeline and then got bummed out that like none of that is dubbed because it's all like 
at, at least to my understanding, it was like all Japanese. Like, um, the well, you you can get um, you can like M- Mobile Suit Gundam. They did. They've not done English dubbings for all of them. Right. Um, the original like, is dubbed on Funimation. Though. Yeah, or, original is dubbed. You can get that dubbed on Blu-ray or on Funimation. Zeta is dubbed. Uh, a lot of the more famous ones are dubbed. One of my right. favorites, uh, which is Double Zeta, which I haven't seen for years now, uh, that's not dubbed. Um, and then the uh, after what new Bo- new Mobile Century Gundam X. Uh, which is probably the most Star Wars of Gundam uh, in my memory. I haven't watched all of it again because I was trying to follow it with the Great Gundam Project, but uh, life got in the way, so I just need to re-finish that. But it's it's not dubbed either, which can be a, a little bit to deal with. Um, and then I'm also still watching uh, My Hero Academia because that's yeah, really good. And I think I stepped on your Gundam statement, Chris. I apologize. <laughs> no, I I was I was just gonna bring up that um, Iron Blooded Orphans is um, dubbed, but it it's one of the sort of weird ones that has like two seasons. Mm-hmm. I think three seasons, right? I think two. I think it's just two. Okay, I've only seen the first but, one. But but, but yeah, and, and so I kind of like fell off because I didn't, and it's been so long now that I don't remember any of it but i don't want to necessarily go back and watch it because it is like 42 episodes or something yeah yeah so it is just like too long but yeah yeah well yeah the more i the more i watch the more i try and watch other anime the more i keep on saying man i just want to watch gundam hey it's fair also, I need to watch more anime because I really, I really yeah. want to expand my horizons in that arena. We should set up like an anime group for like people who want to watch anime. Because I also <laughs> want to watch anime, but I'm terrible about like being able to like pay attention. So I think watching it with somebody would would help with that. Yeah, I don't I'd know if that's down. necessarily a thing you would be into but i just feel like that should oh i'd be down i'd totally be down yeah we'll talk online um so matthew what is our next movie or movies that we will be watching for the next episode that will be two weeks from this one uh okay so i feel like you're throwing me off now because i'm pretty sure before we hit record on this we had decided it was kid detective yes but i also am interested or or or, anything you wanted to do oh or do you want to do you want to try and do Okay, so Netflix. At, so we are yes. recording this on June seventeenth. Yes. On June eighteenth, Netflix gets uh, the first three Gundam movies. Now, what these movies are, they're compilation movies of the first season. So it's the compilations of Mobile Suit Gundam. They are also getting Char's Counterattack, which, as much as I love it, I think you, I think you kind of have. This is where I would where I would employ the Great Gundam Project tactic, where if you're gonna watch the three compilation movies, you kind of have to watch Zeta and I believe Double Zeta before Char's Counterattack. But that's a complete different discussion. But if you wanted to do the first three Gundam movies, so you're basically getting enough information, or hopefully you're getting enough information, because I've not seen the compilation movies ever. I've only seen yeah, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam seventy nine. Um, so 
So do you want do you want to watch let's three watch some gun, gun let's watch some let's watch some Gundam movies. Okay. So we're gonna watch Gundam movies. So we'll watch the three Gundam movies that Netflix will be adding this uh the week of the 18th. Mm-hmm. Um and we will be talking about all three of them in one episode. We'll see how much we Jesus. expand upon what actually happens in the movies. Um, I don't know if we'll do a full recap. Up. <laughs> I don't know if we'll do a full recap like we did with this. Might be a, a, a Mikey and Nikki type of situation where we just bounce around for a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's what we'll do next. Um, and then maybe I, I think after that, we probably will do Kid Detective or maybe we will just watch it because we want to and then just talk about it randomly. We'll probably, um, probably watch it anyway and be like, yeah. Uh, yeah but uh wheel uh wheels chris chris wheels wheels chris uh where can people find you chris the edge you, you, you can find me on twitter at wheels 1993 and do you have any projects you would like to plug currently nope just gonna just gonna go to twitter gonna... Uh, and matthew where can people find you you can find me at infinite underscore rewind anywhere that i want to be and that's usually yeah, twitter and instagram yeah if you play video games that's me on psn i think it's me on steam too so <laughs> um you can also hear matthew on another podcast with our all of our mutual friends caroline at uh trivial merit and you can also find them on twitter at trivial merit right I'm bad at plugging, but yes, you're correct. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Sleeper of the Bed. You can find my other show, Why Comics, which next week we'll have a new episode with uh, a special guest um, at Why Comics Pod. And uh, you can email this show with your reviews, comments, thoughts on all the movies we cover. And we'll you read them anytime we get them in. Doesn't matter when we get them in. Um, at correct. Uh, free reeling it at gmail free reeling it podcast at gmail.com or was it just free reeling it i never can remember it's bad to remember that it's bad to not remember the name of your email during the no, we, we you know we, i usually write them down but i'm tired today pros here it doesn't really matter it's free reeling it at gmail.com thank you and, and our twitter account is at free reeling it i know that one too yes. um and again any thoughts on the movies we cover just leave them there talk to us about it we would love to hear um mm-hmm. And who uh, is our theme by Matthew? Because you know all the information better than me. It is by my friend Jason. Uh, he's on Instagram at Dead Eye Productions. Uh, that's Dead the Letter I Productions, all lowercase. Um, he's just recently back into the music making gig. He hasn't really released anything solo, but his album with his buddy Ben under the band name Hope Street Steppers called Black Lightning is on Spotify. Came out in 2013. It's wonderful. Uh, highly recommend it for me, but I'm biased because I kind of worked on it and he's my friend. So, <laughs> And if you like this show at all, please leave a review, whatever you listen to it on. Tell a friend about the show. And uh, remember everybody, uh, get some popcorn when you go to the theaters, but like, don't throw it at the screen. Someone has to clean that up. It gets the floor sticky. It's weird. Um, that butter's yeah. not real butter. We don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, I don't want to know what it is. Just don't throw things in general is probably a good. Yeah, that's how we're going to every podcast. I'll just say, don't throw things. <laughs> yeah, unless you're throwing it at a Nazi. Yeah, Yeah, but that's a waste of good popcorn. (laughs) So, anyways, have a good night, everybody. (laughs) Enjoy some movies. (laughs)